Well, one thing they were able to do uh, without Garland is, in effect, Donovan Mitchell sort of playing the Garland role where he's, you know, dominating the ball, running, orchestrating everything, and he's brought that dynamic scoring element to it. And they seem to just adjust to that quickly. Uh, the fact is, I think uh, Mitchell's better than, uh, I, as the, Chris Vito wrote a thing, better just about everybody thought. And, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe it's because they're playing a little bit more up-tempo here in Cleveland than they did in Utah. And I think he wants to really make a good first impression. His his press conference uh, in September when they traded for him was one of the best I'd ever been to in terms of a, a player sincerely looking like he uh, wanted to come here even though it was not his first choice and that he was going to embrace it. So that's been exciting to see. The curious thing will be, Ray, when they do get Garland back, to see how that goes because they'll have to work out you know, who has the ball how much because right now it, it is a Donovan's team. And he used to be Darius' team. Well, the one thing when you look at the team from last year, and you and I talked about this with the three bigs up front, and JB mm-hmm. was kind of developing kind of a new brand of basketball in the NBA, but now you have Donovan Mitchell, and you mentioned it to me, and I'm sure it will continue when Darius comes back a little bit more up-tempo this year. Yeah, that's what they want to do. Uh, the thing to watch is sometimes they do play a sort of a different form of the big lineup. You see Dean Wade playing maybe about half the game. And he's 6'10". Um, and then they've not done the big lineup with Kevin Love and, and Mobley and uh, Allen because uh, defensively Love would, would have some problems if he's trying to cover small forwards or something. But they still have some size. I mean, it's exciting to watch. They are just such a fun team. Um, the enthusiasm that uh, left ended last year, just picked up and, and then ratcheted up with the addition of Donovan. Um, I'll tell you this, though. I hope they get Gala back fairly soon because that guy just can't keep doing everything <laughs> like he's been doing. He's averaging like 33 points or something like that. Um, he's been playing with such a tremendous amount of energy. And keep in mind, this is a guy that averaged 28 points a game in, in the playoffs, the 49 playoff games. So he is showing in big-time games. Um uh, that he can go out and score, as we've seen that, where the defenses are tougher and some of them are aimed at stopping him. Terry Pluto with us, and Terry mentioned fun team to watch, and they are the Cavaliers, as were the Guardians. And I have Terry, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since the Guardians season ended. Four gold gloves issued out to the Guardians last night. Fun team, a lot of guys coming back off season. I don't visualize a lot of work for them to do. Maybe try to look for a power bat, but talk about this year's offseason much different than we were looking at last year with the Guardians. Yes, because I think the feeling last year was that uh, they're probably not going to do much in the winter. They're going to go young, young team blues, uh, and there you go. Basically, eat dirt and die, you know, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. people always underestimate. Uh, the Guardians. Part of the reason is because Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff, uh, they believe in under-promising and over-delivering. And I just let you compare that to some other teams. You can decide to make with that what you will. Uh, but they've always done that. Ever since uh, Antonetti joined up with Terry Francona in 2013, uh, they never were bad. They had nine winning seasons. And even before that, they had a couple of 90-watt seasons but Paul Dolan is never one, one thing he told those guys. He doesn't want to go into one of those stretches where he keep losing 100 games or more. He just thought it was really counterproductive to the fan base 
and it's not even sure it worked. And I, I appreciate that because I think just being really awful, all that means is you know how to be really awful. It doesn't mean that that turns to good. So those are things there. But when you look at the team, one is, see, the gold gloves are a symbol of why they're able to turn this thing around. Their defense was, was, was close to elite. And that helped the pitching. And it's one of those things that Terry Francano talked about in the postseason was that, yeah, you could talk about what somebody hit more in center field than Miles Straw or do some of these other things, but he doesn't want to sacrifice much defense at positions like catcher or center field. And he was pleased with the progress that uh, they challenged Ama to be a better shortstop than he was his first year in Cleveland, and he was. He at least is average or better than a little better than average now. Or below, he certainly was, I'm sorry, excuse me, in 21, he was certainly below average. Yeah, and, and when you look, and I talked about this earlier this morning too, and in 2021, Terry, this was not a good defensive baseball team. No. And they added those components in there, pitching and defense and timely hitting and speed, and it, it was certainly a good chemistry for this baseball team. And, and I mean, I, he didn't deserve a gold glove, but it's funny how the, the things that I heard, and this was coming from some of the Cleveland people about Oscar Gonzalez, were just raw. I heard he was a bad outfielder. He's not. He's average, with an above-average arm. I heard that uh, you know, he was going to strike out a ton. They almost One person almost made him sound like Bobby Bradley to me. <laughs> but I kept looking in the minors. He was striking out like every four and a half to five times. Uh, in the old days, that was a lot. But in modern baseball, it isn't. And he came up here. Yeah, he doesn't walk. But he's so strong. And he doesn't strike out that much. So there's a lot to be excited about there because really – you could easily come back with the same outfield of Gonzalez, Straw, and, and Quan. You know, Quan is, by the way, when talks about high praise from Terry Francona, Francona absolutely loved Dustin Pedroia when he was in Boston. And they asked him, do you remember a young player came along like Quan that you just really like? He goes, he almost said it in a quiet voice of Pedroia. And I'm like, oh, so he's, this guy is really, you know, somebody who's got the, uh, everything that Francona wants and that kind of lead-off hitter and, uh, and just a ball player. Terry Pluto with us on the morning show. Terry, Monday night, bronze took care of business. Huge home win, and every win is a big win, but there was a lot of uh, circling around this team, maybe Coach Stefanski and such, trade deadline, major moves coming. Team circled the wagons. How big was that win Monday night? Among other things, for two weeks, you're not going to talk about should everybody be fired, who should be fired, if someone's going to be fired, and, who, and probably they would have traded some people um, yesterday when the trading deadline was. Instead of being two and six, you're three and five in a division where nobody's really run away with it. You're two and one in the division. Um, and it's not just waiting for Watson. I've been waiting for the defense to show up. Mm-hmm. I, I really got kind of tired of that um, narrative of, well, you know, Brissett isn't doing this or that. First of all, Jacoby Brissett's been better than, I would say, more than half of the quarterbacks that have played here since 99. And secondly, uh, in all but one game, they scored between 20 and 30 points. And if you were told that, that they were scoring between 20 and 31 points to be exact uh, for their first seven games, so I'm talking about this even before the Cincinnati game, I would have thought they'd have been 5-2 and two or 4-3. and three. They're scoring enough points. I figured the defense would at least be average. So, Finally, that defense showed up. And I have a stat in the paper today from Pro Football Focus. They missed only two tackles the other night. 
That's the by far their best tackling game. The previous three games, it was like 13 tackles missed, 10 tackles missed, and 8 tackles missed. So they actually just tackled better. How about that? <laughs> and the defense, I agree with you, showed up big time on Monday night with a yeah. huge victory. When you look at this team now going forward, you mentioned it's a winnable division. The Steelers, uh-huh. I'm not saying are rebuilding, but they certainly got well, a long are. way to go, you know? They finally are figuring out what we've been dealing with for the last couple of decades. <laughs> you need a quarterback, right? You need a quarterback. Your team's kind of, you know, they got old. Some of the stuff they tried didn't work. Exactly. 